0: Amigos are we, brother to brother
1: and everyone, a brave
0: amigo. Wherever they need us, our destinies lead us. Amigos, we're always together. Hello and welcome to the Three Amigos FPL Show. I'm Kylie and I'm joined tonight by my amigo Mars, our esteemed host Don is out sick, and so we've briefly traded him in for a younger model from the Emerald Isle in FPL Stag. Welcome to the show, Anthony.
1: Thanks very much, Kylie. It's great to be here.
0: And as always, you can find us on our main account at Three Amigos FPL and individually at Kylie FPL, at Mars05, at The Marple Curse, and at FPL Stag. So, as is our tradition, we begin our podcast with a brief review of the previous game week with the best score coming in first, and it's usually in poem or song form, and Mars, this is a special note for you, it's supposed to fit within a tweet, I'm just putting that out there.
2: i the done rules
0: Well, clearly. So, to kick us off this week, first place, well, that's me. So uh, I'll kick us off, but I just want to make a special announcement. Um, This one's for you, Phil. Did Mal pay for lacquer and what a way to deliver. Got the points, got no shame, not even a sliver. Despite cries of copyright from a certain vexed monkey. 82 points, thanks team. Those green arrows are chunky. While Mal tried his best to ruin the party, my new life rule is always Captain Vardy. That's me. So, who's up next? That
2: was not a tweet. That was it was. Tweet.
0: It always fits. And <laughs> I use proper punctuation, thank you very much.
2: Uh, and you me. can't
0: talk, you've never once fit it in a tweet.
2: <laughs> it's me next. Um, they say wildcard is for, uh, for season, not just for Christmas, 74 points, but LFC, LFC clean sheet still evade us. Vardy and Jimenez keep the points sticking, but Abraham Blank gets me thinking. Pope got me believing, but Martial
1: could soon be leaving.
0: Very That's good. Me. And you stag
1: Captain Vardy reliably returned again thanks to Bar, and sixty one points, earned a jump, though not far. Cantwell was lodged on my bench, and Raz, Trossard and Juan Bisaka are causing a stench. But all things considered, a five hundred K ish overall rank leaves the door to a good season and still ajar.
0: Very good. Oh, we all rhymed this week. Okay, so um, moving on then, I'll, I'll quickly cover off the standings in the Three Amigos Classic League. So in first place, we've got CP Warriors. That's Rui de Oliveira, who's now on a total of 854 points after a game week of 58 points. And then we have a couple of newbies moving up. So we've got Luke Warm FC, that's Luke Burgess, who's on 824 points. He had a great game week with 78 points this week. And then just two points behind him is Obi-Wan Besaka. that's James Cook, who got 75 points this week. So well done, guys. And now we pass the mic over to the irrepressible Mars, who needs to shake off some of his angst from throughout the week. So here's Mars's rant.
2: Well, you know what? I'm really getting fed up of uh, buy Abraham, don't buy Abraham, sell Abraham, buy Vardy, don't buy Vardy, buy Lacca, buy Ings. Listen, there are so many good players in the game. Play your game. You don't have to justify... All everyone is doing is justifying their own decision or justifying why they're not picking a, picking a player. I'm seeing Tammy's this, Tammy's that. I'm picking Tammy. I'm getting... Jesus, Vaj is for me, Vaj is not for me. And people are arguing about it. It's fine to have a discussion, but people are, oh, why are you picking him? His pictures are better. His pictures are better. The beauty of it right now is there are so many options that you can choose anything and a and it's three combinations and they all do well. So just get on with it and stop arguing about who's best and why are you picking someone versus someone or why someone's pick is not good. Just it honestly does my head in. That's it.
0: Okay, and so before we dive into all of the listener questions this week, um, we did get a couple that are about Spurs, so we'll probably kick off with them. But I thought I'd just put the question to you both. Um, We've had a really interesting last week with Poch out, Mourinho in. We saw their first match um, under Mourinho and then obviously playing tonight. There's potentially other sackings going on. So what might this mean for FPL from a Spurs perspective? I'll come to you first, Stag. What's your first thoughts?
1: Like my first thoughts were very much positive that the Spurs team under Pochettino had kind of it seemed like it had come to a pretty obvious conclusion and it was only a matter of time. You know, if it was not a matter of if it was a matter of when Pochettino left the club. And so maybe doing it halfway through the season was the right thing to do. Now, what we saw against West Ham was in an attacking sense. And I guess because of that, in an FPL sense, very positive. They in possession, they had effectively five attackers between San wide left, Deliadi, kind of operating as a shadow striker comes number 10, Harry Kane, obviously. Lucas kind of tucked in and then Serge Aurier pushing all the way up on the right. Uh, It it worked really well, by and large. Obviously, West Ham were obliging hosts as well at the London Stadium for that first game. Lucas obviously picked up his goal. Uh, Kane picked up his goal. Son picked up his goal. And so it's kind of hard to pick out which one, one of them in particular Is the one to own. Uh, Mourinho teams historically have been very good with the striker. They tend to favour a number 10 in Delhi Alley. He scored tonight in the Champions League. He obviously picked up an assist at the weekend, but that was it, even though he was the star performer. So trying to, let's say, identify that best pick is going to be difficult. And so right now, the safe pick is going to be Harry Kane, because you know, no matter what, where he's going to sit. Whereas, for example, with Son right now, we saw him playing out left with Ben Davies kind of becoming a third centre-back in attack. And that wasn't necessarily good for him. Son actually made 10 recoveries in his last game. That's up 250% on his average for the season, 300% up on his average for last season. So you're seeing his defensive role really increased all of a sudden. But I'm not sure if I see Mourinho continuing that long term in that that's relying on Serge Aurier and Ben Davies or someone like it starting all the time. I think he'd be better off kind of putting a mirror to that asymmetric shape and instead maybe having Son as the tucked in uh, inside forward and having a fullback who's rolling behind him. Maybe Ryan Sessegnon, maybe Danny Rose, both players that Mourinho's admired in the past. I just think Aurier is too much of a liability and I just don't see him holding his place as time goes on. So it's quite hard to identify whether maybe Lucas is just, right now, looks to be a good pick, but it's actually going to be Son who'd be favoured longer term. Whether Deli Ali will actually translate his importance in that role into consistent attacking returns to merit his price tag. Where does Christian Eriksen sit in all this? We still don't really know. He's come off the bench twice at this point. And then, of course, there's Kane. Can he come back to the level that we, I guess, we expected of him when he won consecutive Golden Boots? And then you've got Bournemouth, Man United and Burnley up next. None of those easy fixtures on paper, but not tough fixtures either. And so it's hard to know what to do. I myself have picked up Son just as a coverage more than anything. And he is probably the most exciting player in there with a bit of pedigree who is definitely affordable as opposed to Kane. But I can totally see arguments for picking up nearly all of those attackers.
0: Yeah, and I think that's the interesting thing is that we're in a position now where if the four of them, sorry, I'm excluding Ericsson here because we're not really sure whether he will indeed come back in. But there is essentially an attacker for every price range um, as it stands, with, with more obviously being the the cheaper of the options, but all very reasonably priced as you scale up towards Kane. So if they do show promise um, and, and if points are spread out amongst them, it could get very interesting. And it means that we're not all necessarily going to have the same Spurs attacker. So I do like that about it. What's your thoughts, Mars?
2: So I'm going to come at this from a completely different angle. Oh, I'm just going to put the football to one side. And it's Jose Mourinho. For me, you've got the Mourinho bounce right now. And for me, it makes absolute sense to try and get um, at least one Spurs attacker in not just because of where they're playing or how well they're playing, just because it's Jose Mourinho. And he will get those players playing for him at least short term. The initial Mourinho bounce will be, and we will see it. We'll see, okay, West Ham were awful, but you saw just a different, diff, a little bit of a different Spurs for the first hour at least. Ali has scored now in two games. So he scored tonight, he scored at the weekend. Um, Kane has just scored again. Or actually is, you know, again he's played, he's he's assisted again tonight. Now, I'm, again he could assist He might not assist again. But I'm just talking about the way that these guys are going to have to play for the new manager, especially if you're an Aurier. I think even Rose, the people like Rose and Eriksson, who he did not pick in the first game, but he picked Rose today. W- with them not committing to the club, I- I'd be worried if I was them. Um, he did bring Eriksson in after 30 minutes because they were losing 2-0, but now they're back. So if he, if, if if we take that, we want a player. I think then it depends on your team and how you're set up. If you have the badge and you can't really get to Kane, then I would say a midfielder is, is, is the next, it, it's just as good right now. Whilst we see how Kane, does he continue to drop back? Is he going to be the Drogba uh, 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 for Spurs' Drogba for Mourinho? Right? Mourinho loves a number nine. Mourinho loves a, a big striker that will, that will be the, this, the focal point of the attack. Um, now you've got, you know, w- we're blessed that in midfield there's so many options today um, that you can. It's, it's a bit easier to get to Son, definitely to Ali or Amora, than it is to get to Kane, unless you have a premium forward. So if you have a premium forward like Aguero, it could be a really an easy transition. Just you move Aguero out because he's injured, and if you're not, uh, if you really want to disperse player and you're not sure about Jesus or, or Bamiang you go down to you go to Kane. That's an easy option. Now, obviously, if you don't have the payment forward and you want to midfielder, we've got plenty of options because more is quite cheap. Ali's not that expensive, and Son. You need to think. You know, easier to get to again, especially if you people who got two or three transfers. Or in my position right now, I've got KDB, and I'm looking at City's fixtures, and I'm coming at it from: Is he going to be as explosive as Son? I, I really like Son. I'm thinking of making the move and I'm most likely going to do it. I might regret it because I don't have any other City players, but I think Son and KDB will not be, there won't be much in it. And I want to be, I want a bit of that bounce to start with. And where I disagree with Stag, I think, I think the fixtures are actually not as not as bad as people think. I think they're quite good. I think Bert, uh, Bournemouth are going through a really bad uh, patch at the moment. And I think Mourinho will bounce on that. I think Mourinho cannot wait to play United and he wants to beat them. And you need to, this is why I'm saying it's, it's about Mourinho. You know when he came out and said it's about the players, not about me. It's the biggest bullshit I've ever heard. It's all about hey, him. It's I'm always been about him. Ah, it's all about him. He would, want, he would he wants nothing more than beating United and Chelsea. Will he? I don't know, but he'll go for it. Because he can see they're there for the taking. United are not going through a good patch. Chelsea's defence is weak. So I see goals... I see attacking points. You stay away from those defences because yeah. I still think the defence is awful. And we can see that from the, from the last two games. So that's, that, that's the way I'm thinking right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. the, the one that really stood out to me, actually, was, was Ali. I mean, he this is someone who had just completely disappeared from the reckoning. Then, uh, someone who really, really shone when he first came onto the scene. Um, and in that first first half, or I guess the first hour, Um, on the weekend he was just like reinvigorated I mean that little movement on the sideline was I thought it was amazing and I just I've seen a completely different player whether that continues you know we have yet to to see but I think we're in an exciting position now where things had sort of stagnated a bit and um, it was a little bit dry Spurs weren't Comfortable options, people were still investing. Son was doing respectably for people, but um, people were still investing in in Cain, but not with any great <laughs> conviction. And the others certainly were not options to consider at all. So we do have this wealth of options there now, which really is going to mix it up. But I, I definitely think that it's hard to make a convincing argument for which is going to be the key asset, if indeed there is one, um, at this stage, as you said, Stag, you know, we do need to see how things pan out. But by the same token, I would say that I wouldn't want to hold off too long in the hope for information and sort of miss the the early opportunities there. So it might be a case of sort of plumbing for one. Um, and I guess we we do have a specific question on this, so I'll come to you, Stag, actually um from Danny FPL. So he said jump on Son even with not great fixtures or money spent better on uh investing in robo.
1: See, I think with that it's a pretty obvious answer in that you should definitely go for Son and go for broke on that. Like there's <laughs> Liverpool still haven't picked up any clean sheets this so season. season, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, we've been, to- and we've been talking about that changing all the time and I don't want to redo the topic that pretty much will come up every time Liverpool players come up. But the fact of the matter is that Liverpool's defence is not worth that investment right now, in spite of the fact that the fixtures are there and in spite of the fact that the day will come. I think from a, even just from a shield point of view as opposed to a sword point of view, I think you should just get on Son and just see where this goes as opposed to making maybe making a more defensive transfer, which is going to be quite hard to get out of as well. That, you know, if you want to get a good midfielder in, you're going to have to downgrade that defender and upgrade the midfielder. Whereas at least Son, it's quite easy to pivot from him to a City player or another Spurs player, if Ali turns out to, let's say, be the prince that's promised.
2: Yeah, I, um, I agree with you. It really depends who who you're also replacing Son. If it's, a, I don't know, Martial or Mount, I don't think it's even a... It's, it's a question. It's not even a question. I know Martial has one, a good picture coming up, but it's not, you know, you, you do that jump. Now where, where I think and it's a question for you both actually, so with, with what I'm thinking about, what, what do you feel about song for a City player, whether it's Sterling or KDB, especially for those who already sold one of them and then you're, you're City-less. What's, what's the thought? What's, I know what I'm thinking, but what are you guys thinking about that? City-less.
0: I guess it, it depends where you're coming from. I think Despite everything that's, you know, we we're probably going to talk about with Jesus and Aguero being out injured, and is there the possibility that Sterling is in fact actually better under, you know, playing alongside Jesus? It's a very limited sample of data to, to talk about there. But um, I think I probably would go from Sterling to Son. Um, not to say that Sterling won't deliver, he was an armpit away. And a, and a whole vast scandal away from, from delivering at the weekend. But I just think that at his price with so many others performing, um, I would personally have, I don't own him, but I would have reached the point of frustration, I think. And, and it's kind of an easy move. Um, KDB is a little bit harder and maybe it's a little bit harder for me because there is my own team tangled up in these thoughts. I don't own Sterling. I do own KDB. Um, and I would be reluctant. I mean, also because I'm feeling all sunshine and rainbows because he scored at the weekend. But I, I'm happy to have him in my team. I don't. He's not setting the world on fire by any measure. And I, I, I can see the argument um, if you want to um, go for Son and you don't have any other routes. But I would probably prefer to find an alternative one. So in my case, I have Martial and I have money. So um, I could make a move from Martial to uh, Spurs mid like Son um, if I wanted to. And I would probably take that route ra- and just leave k v b for the time being.
1: Maybe I'm in the funny position where I did everything I could to avoid going cityless, in that in my transfer to get in San, I actually downgraded my Raheem Sterling to KGB, and then I had enough money to get San by other means. So maybe I'm the exact opposite of this, in that I really wanted to make sure that I had city cover going into their fixtures. The fact of the matter is that City are still the best attackers in the division uh, by a distance. Take that over the whole season, take it over the last few games, take that by expected goals or take it by just shots or big chances or however you want to do it. And so I just feel that, especially given their fixtures aren't particularly tough, especially coming this weekend with Newcastle away, which is usually the... Aguero hat-trick of the season but it won't be this year so I just felt I had to kind of get myself covered and at least have Kevin De Bruyne who's super highly owned and it was a really kind of boring FPL pick from that point of view that said when I know we we're going to get into it Gabriel Jesus now presents a pretty interesting option up front because Pep does of course like to play with one striker
0: so what are you thinking then Marz? Has what is so you're thinking go, strike, go City-less
2: um, th- yeah I mean like I said, I want I want a bit of the Mourinho bounce. I really like Son as a player, um, from a very very different angle. Um, if I don't have City, I don't have to watch their, I uh, don't have to support them in their games. So, so that comes from the Liverpool side of me. <laughs> it's it's something that I, I considered. I think it'll be short. If I do it, it'll be short term. I do think. Look, I don't think they have the easiest fixtures. But like we always said, for Liverpool and City, you forget about the fixtures. You think about the team. Um, but I think it's. If there was a time, this is the time, as they uh, they don't see. To me, they don't look like, uh, I don't know, I'm justifying why I want to sell. You see, this is what I'm doing. I'm justifying why I think I can sell KDB. It'll be short term until later on when I will just want to, uh, you know, probably uh, at some stage get rid of uh, I, one of the double, uh, double Liverpool defenders that I have. This is an easy downgrade. As we just talked, I don't think it's needed. Uh, I did it on wild card because I fancied it. I'll stick with it for a bit, but it's, it's an easy escape to go down to a 4-0 4, four middle defender or oh, 4.5. There's plenty of them delivering right now. Um, or even uh, get rid of uh, maybe, f- for example, like Tammy or something like that. But I do I want to have a plan of either having either Son or Kane and then go back to a, to a City midfielder if I got, get rid of Son. So my plan will be short term because I, I agree with you guys. City are City and you need one of their midfielders. But I don't think it's the be all an end or right now. If you don't have any city, city midfielders, that's how I'm thinking.
0: In living on the edge.
2: Yeah, just quickly because we touched on it, and I don't know if there's a question on it later or not. But um, uh, don't be shocked, please. Yeah. But there's four. The four um, Sterling in the four games that he played with Jesus. I'm game sorry, week is one.
0: this start coming out.
2: Yeah. In game in game week one he scored twenty points. In game week seven he scored seven points. In game week nine he scored five points. And in game week 10, 11 points. 43 out of his 69 points was when Jesus was playing. Now I don't know if this is... uh, And by the way, just give uh, credit to Danny Jamieson on Twitter because I I did not look for this. (laughs) Okay, that makes (laughs)
0: much more sense. (laughs) I was like, it sounds like he's talking about numbers here. I'm
2: confused. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, just because we're we're talking City and we're talking... You know, do, do you do you go Sterling, remove him or not? And you mentioned Aguero and the injury, and it's a question. I thought we'll we'll come into it quickly. Um, now, was Jesus involved in all of this? No, but he he was playing. It's just the fact when Jesus was playing, this is what happened with Sterling. Now, let's see, will will Sterling play? Will Sterling play up front? Will he play off Jesus and play better? Will he deliver? We don't know. But if you if you've held this far, I don't see the point in selling now uh, when you know that. Some, uh, Pep has come out and said he might play up front sometimes. So just mm. uh, thought i will throw this out.
0: And actually, that's a nice segue into our next question. So to look a little bit at the uh, the forward situation. So obviously, there is the injury to Aguero. There's very sad Aubameyang owners. Um, we have a question from Mark Dorney. So Stark, downgrade Aubameyang. And I guess you could throw Aguero into that mix as well to Lacazette, Ings, Rashford or Wood. What do you think?
1: So this is a really interesting one because it's like of all the times now you're looking to get rid of Aubameyang just was a fixture against Norwich coming up. It's it's kind of hard to tally. But in fairness, if you have Aguero, it's obviously a no brainer. You're town grading and it's where to go with our money. Um with Abamyang, it's a little bit harder and I can totally see arguments to hold on to him for one more week. And I know whoever the mark has probably had Yang for one more week for multiple weeks at this point. So maybe he's a bit like me with Sterling and just kind of wants to cut him out at this point and to move on. So if he does on fixtures, really, you're looking at Danny Yings as much as I hate to recommend it. And he has been doing quite well lately. Tammy Abraham's obviously been doing quite well, but he's actually being outdone by Pulisic in terms of most attacking stats week in, week out now on form. You obviously need to invest in the other parts of the Vaj with Vardy or Jimenez, if you don't have them, which is quite possible. Now I don't have Jimenez myself. Now, the one thing is, is that Mark is in a pretty interesting position. He could make the punt for Harry Kane that most of us can't finance. And that could be a really, really interesting few weeks. He could also move across to Gabriel Jesus with their particularly decent fixtures. So I, if, if I were Mark and if he wants to catch up, I think he's definitely got to look at moving towards those two punts, be it Kane or be it Gabriel Jesus. Otherwise, play it safe if you want to just uh, consolidate your rank. But in, in terms of like all statistics, they would point towards Jesus being a pretty decent pickup. They point towards obviously the members of the Vaj that have become so popular. So play it safe or don't, depending on your rank.
0: Yeah, I'd I'd agree with that in that situation. I mean, I just brought Lacazette in, but I, I struggle with this notion of moving from Aubameyang to Lacazette unless you are unless maybe you've got Vardy and Jimenez and um, you need to do something else and you need that money to finance something else or whatever. But I think with the Aguero news, like you are in a fairly unique position to be able to move to a Kane or especially a Jesus because of the fact that so many are going to struggle to part with the likes of Abraham and Vardy and Jimenez and, and whoever it is they have. So, most of us are quite settled on our forwards, I think. Um, so it, it, you could be quite aggressive there. Um, so we'll move yeah, on.
2: Yeah, a, a Kane who's just got a brace. A Kane who's just got a brace. Yeah. And uh, just the, they've come back from 2 0 to 4 2. I haven't looked at Twitter, but I could imagine that there's a meltdown and everybody wants to go and get Spurs players. Even, even Ori has scored, you know. So <laughs> and, and, and Son has assisted. So everybody that everybody's talking M- Mora has assisted. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's Ericsson
1: NBA. assisted the Harry Kane goal as well. So
0: we yeah, go. Make it <laughs> confusing for us all.
1: <laughs> Actually, Ericsson seems to have kind of, from what I'm reading here, um, unfortunately, I can't give any better than that. But he seems to have kind of sat back in when he replaced Dyer in that kind of further restrained kind of quarterback position. Looks like from here that it's going well. So here we go with even more headaches.
0: Interesting. Well, I think, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks uh, to see how all of this shakes out. So we'll move on now uh, with some Liverpool-focused questions. So the first one's from Jamie Dodd, and I'll take that. So do we just need one Liverpool player, and if so, Mane? Uh, do you know what? There is maybe a case for this. A, a few weeks ago, we all looked at this fixture run and said, absolutely going to triple up on Liverpool. Well, certainly double up, but, but many of us would have thought there's a triple up in the works here. And the big debate was really around whether it was going to be a double defence or if you could finance it, a double up in attack. Um, I myself was very much in that position. Indeed, I had enough money in the bank to go from Martial to up uh, as of a week ago. But obviously with Salah's injury, that kind of put paid to to that plan. Liverpool are obviously doing really well, but they're not scoring bucket loads of goals and they're not keeping clean sheets. They are just conceding our goal, which is a very frustrating thing. Um, many of us are Trent owners, myself included, and I'm watching Robertson clean up with the assists uh, and the recent goal of late, and that's somewhat frustrating. I guess what I would say is if you don't have, if you're in a situation where you don't have a a Liverpool defender, then because of the lack of clean sheets, then maybe you decide that it's actually a somewhat aggressive move to not go in that direction, particularly given that we do have this wealth of defensive options. I mean, Sayonju, Chilwell, Beasts. Seriously, four clean sheets on the bounce is insane for Leicester. Um, there's Tamori with you know keep clean sheets at home. Lundstrom, you know there are there are options. So there is an argument to to do that and to stick with Mane. Mane I think is a must at the moment. Um, I think I just think it's really hard if you have a Liverpool defender as well, i.e. Trent probably more specifically here because he's not getting the returns that that Robertson is at the moment. I just think it's I don't need the money at the moment because there's so much value elsewhere in in the teams. Um and the fixtures are so good that it's a little bit like, you know, you talking stag about Sterling there. Um and, you know, us talking about one more week with Orba. I I'm not at one more week with, with Trent, but I am at a, a sort of, well, they've got such a good fixture run. Do I really want to take him out? No, I don't. But I think until, you know, it, at the moment, I think you can get away with one Liverpool player. I'd say that um, if Salah comes back in and he's on form. If Firmino starts to pull some form together after his goal, then I think you're going to want more than that. But it's hard to know at this stage.
1: The other thing that people should be wary of with regards to really piling on Liverpool is that their blank game week with the Club World Cup is coming up quite soon. That's game week 18, so especially... And that's only a few
0: weeks away. With the it, time exactly.
1: Time so we're away. about to kind of time travel through the game weeks with uh, three game weeks in effectively seven days, uh, 14, 15, 16. So that's really close by in calendar terms, if not in Premier League terms just yet. So be wary.
0: Yeah, and I guess the point here is because we are talking about all these different teams, these different options, you know, with Jesus, with these Leicester players, with all these different guys who've now got Spurs, and there is that blank on the horizon that there could be certainly an argument for having that one Liverpool player uh, mixing it up elsewhere and then being in the position come Game Week 18 It is still a few weeks away, admittedly, but not having to contend with that headache of who do I bench, who do I sell um, and being able to tackle that in a somewhat more proactive manner because you're not dealing with this headache of having to decimate your team to, you know, or bench all your key players to deal with that. So I guess there's different. I, I don't think it's a situation of you have to have this many Liverpool players now in the way that we thought it would be. I, I guess I'd, I'd say that. Uh, so we'll come on to the next one, Mars. I'll give this to you. Uh, so this is Simon. Here we go again. Time to drop Salah. Go Mane or avoid LFC until after game week 18. Son, another option, or indeed Pulisic. However, Pulisic would mean triple Chelsea. What are you thinking, Mars?
2: So I definitely would not go Liverpool less. I think. Um, you need you need an attacking player from Liverpool, in my opinion. And I think man is your man. Is it time to let go of Salah? Well, club just said that he's back fully fit. I made the move a while back and I haven't looked back. To be honest, um, at this stage, maybe see how he goes for the next... You've got Brighton at home. I wouldn't say you move him before Brighton at home, in my opinion. See how he plays tomorrow in the Champions League. And then... You take the Brighton home game and see what happens. But the guys, just, you know, Stag just mentioned, 14, 15, 16. Literally, there's two, three days between each. So you've got a game, three days a game. With his ankle, can he play all three? I don't know. Especially, and, and and against Nobos, so you've got four games in two weeks, basically. Um, for me, this this injury in the background, it it, it worries me. And that's why I moved away. Um, now, I would say, yes. I, so you you, you need either him or Mane, in my opinion, and I think it would be Mane. If you wanted to move, right now, there's nothing wrong with tripling up on Chelsea, in my opinion. I think they have some good fixtures coming up until about game week 18 or something like that. So, a few weeks where they have some good fixtures, uh, games at home. So, I think they've got um, West Ham and Villa or something like that. I mean, they're, they're playing West Ham next week and maybe we should do the hashtag, no disrespect, but I mean, I'm better there than the West Ham keeper and Roberto even...
0: Jimenez. Oh. Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, me and you, Carly, can do a better job, to be honest. I
0: run away from the ball. Like That is a really critical thing. And you'll we'll do a better thing. job than him, to be I'm pretty sure that I would be a better keeper than him. That, <laughs> yeah. that really yeah. doesn't flash. Yeah,
2: so nothing, nothing wrong with tripling up on Chelsea for the short term. Again, I would say... You know, as much as I like, you know, I mentioned the version, and I really like it, I do think that is probably the weakest out of the three and the way uh, of the three forwards. And the way he's, when I see him in the game, he's not as involved and Stagman touched on it. Pulisic is a bit more involved. Stats show it. The eye test shows it. And he's getting hooked off at 70 minutes. So I'm watching that because for me, it's an easy escape route to, to go somewhere else. There's plenty of options that we mentioned. Um, so, look. Like I said, we, we talked about Son, we talked about Pulisic, we talked about Mane enough. I would say you need an L- LFC, um, at least one of those two midfielders moving forward, because I do think we have a good um, run coming up and hopefully they'll continue to deliver. I see Mane playing a lot more than Salah over the next six weeks. So.
0: I- Okay, and um, actually still on Liverpool, so I'll stay with you, Mars, our resident Liverpool man. FPL Blitz, what to do about Trent? Returns not matching stats, so switch to Robbo or go Chilwell to keep money?
2: I wouldn't do a sideways switch right now, and I would I'll just say the same thing that I've just said. Um, I would not sell before Brighton at home. I know we keep saying, but the next game, but the next game. Um, Look, Brighton like to play, and they don't want to change the way they play, and I respect that. They went to, to United, and they were taken to the cleaners. They did the same thing uh, at City. Uh, when Leicester came, they didn't change their game, and Leicester hit them on the counter. So I expect <clears throat> an open game. And Trent, uh, I think Trent has been unlucky. So I didn't have him for the whole for a long time, and I decided to bring him in because I, just, I enjoy watching the fullbacks, and I have both of them. And actually, Robertson is the one who's been taken. But I would, I would still say, don't, don't switch. Because you, you switch, Trent will start getting the points. What, you want to go back? Now, if you want to downgrade, go Chilwell. There's absolutely, listen, Chilwell, Pereira, Soyuncu, they're all great picks, doing really well. Four clean sheets, they've got fixtures coming that are really nice. Um, I can't say don't do that. But I would say, in this period where, well, to be honest, actually, maybe Leicester are one of the safest teams because they don't have Europe. And you don't see Brendan changing too much over over this period. Could Trent get a break? Maybe. So you need to make sure that your bench is strong. Uh, but I would say, uh, wait one more game. Wait for one more game week, at least with Trent. I'm holding for now. Anyway, I'm holding for the period. I'm happy with... I, I've, I've decided that my defence for, for a while is going to be... Until game week 18, is going to be double Liverpool and uh, Lundström. <clears throat> that's, that's my defence, and I'm I'm fine with it. I have Soyuncu so- so at the moment on the bench. My plan was to move him and bring Kasper in so I can get the Leicester clean sheets. But there's more attacking moves that I want to do. Pope has been doing well, so I'm going to stick with him for one more game week. So, uh, but you just need to live with that decision. And I've decided that this is my defence, unless one of them gets injured or suspended.
0: All right. Uh, so, Stag, we've got a slightly different question here from FPL Cobbler. Any January transfers you see happening that could change the game?
1: So this question is really tough because it is November 26th as we record this. Um, So there's an awful lot of time. Um, I think the obvious place where transfers could make the world of difference is at Manchester City. They had a very strong defence which has been completely blitzed by injuries and even Laporte is going to be like a new transfer when he actually does come back from injury in January. And just if they make a defensive signing, another centre-back sounds pretty likely. That will make a big difference. They'll become a reliable clean sheet outlet again, which would be great. Uh, Going forward, there's an awful lot of talk about Manchester United, maybe signing a striker. If they sign someone, it could be a huge name. They could put huge money into it which may yield a particularly good player we just don't know who that is outside of that there's no real obvious places that a signing is going to happen like you don't hear anything about let's say Liverpool making a signing you don't hear we don't know what Mourinho is going to do at Spurs we're just too early in his reign to really know with certainty what he's going to be interested in doing Arsenal literally anything could happen at Arsenal like It is completely plausible that they'll be in the relegation zone in January. It's also plausible that they've somehow fixed everything and could be really for the top six again. So we'll just have to kind of wait and see on that front, I think.
0: Yeah, a bit too soon to tell at this stage. And as you say, you know, we don't even know who's going to be managing anywhere come January. So a bit hard to call. Stay tuned on that one. Um, so our next question comes from Chris Duckworth and this is somewhat relevant to me, so I'll take this one. Um, move Mount on or would you hold until after the West Ham fixture in game week 14? Pulisic the obvious move. So this is very relevant to me. I do have, I do have Mount. I didn't particularly enjoy his one point cameo. Um, at the weekend, but then again, it would have been Rico with his zero pointer coming off the bench, so I shouldn't complain too much um I'm not especially worried that that Mount is suddenly going to be benched um week in week out. I think it was tactical; he has been playing um every game really under under lampard the The thing with Mount is that since Pulisic has really come to the fore, we have seen a cool off. Um, on his attacking returns and uh, you know I I still think that he will probably deliver a perfectly respectable amount of returns for his price Um, he obviously did very well in the opening weeks and many of us jumped on him but I just think that you know Price is a factor here, obviously, for for many people, uh, particularly those like myself who maybe bought him earlier. And so, if I was selling him, I'd be getting say six four instead of the six eight that he's worth. Um, but there is an option there in in purelucid that that is really attractive. I know people are a bit concerned coming into high fixture congestion periods about whether Pulisic will get rotated. I think we have that risk with any number of different players. Um, And as far as I know, Cho is still injured. um, So we'll see what the situation is there. But from an eye test perspective, from an underlying statistics perspective, I mean, we touched on this in the pod last week and Stag referenced this earlier in the pod. Um, He's, he's just looking miles better than Tammy as well. Um, I'm not a Tammy owner and I think Chelsea attack is not something that I would want to completely miss out on. And part of the reason why I would be interested in moving from Mount to Pulisic is because I don't feel that Mount is giving me adequate exposure to the attacking returns to be had from Chelsea. It might be that those who own Tammy feel somewhat differently And they are happy to have Tammy and then feel that Mount is an okay compliment to him. I just think um, for me, Pulisic is the pick at the moment and I wouldn't be too worried about rotation. As we said, you're going to get that with city players as well. He's good value. He's a really keen bean and um, he's going for it and they've good fixtures. So if you have the money now, I, I would say I wouldn't be doing it for a hit right? But I think if you have the money and you don't have any other moves to make, I wouldn't necessarily say that this is a sideways move in the strict sense. I I do consider it to be somewhat of an upgrade personally. Um, So our next question uh, will come to you, Mars. Amar, when would we Arsenal fans be relieved of Emery? So thoughts on Arsenal there, Mars?
2: (coughs) I'm surprised it hasn't gone, to be honest. I said Last week before the games I said with the opposition they play in, no disrespect to Southampton at home or Norwich uh, for Everton, if they don't win, will we see them sacked? Um, especially after Portugal the, uh, got fired. So, <clears throat> I honestly think it's a ticking clock with Emery and I, uh, and I wonder if they uh, even tried for Jose. There's some stupid rumours that they're going for but Why would go there? It, it seems to be a club in turmoil right now. Sorry, but you know I've always enjoyed <clears throat> as much as you could enjoy as a Liverpool fan the Arsenal way of playing and etcetera. You know the in the, uh, Henri era and the Bear camp, et etcetera. But now you look at the team and you think this is shambles. Honestly, like Stagg said, they, they could either, we, they could get relegated or they could smash somebody six 0 We said that before, but. It, it just does not seem to be an identity of the way they play or anything like that. So to answer your question, I think it will be before January. I think it will be very soon. One more game, maybe. Mm-hmm. They don't win. I, I can't see him lasting. Uh, oh, same for I think there will be a few for... as well. Yeah. There, is, there is, there is. And I just wonder if they are basically now scrambling for managers. Because Mourinho was, a, was available and Spurs made the first move. And maybe he was waiting for a big... No, this again. I'm not disrespecting Everton or Arsenal. They are big clubs, but Mourinho maybe did not fancy the Arsenal, and I can't see Mourinho going to Everton. No, you know. And
0: Mourinho has admired, you know, that Spurs squad and some of those players um, in the past. So I think, you know, it's maybe not such yeah. a surprise.
2: No, no, I wasn't that surprised. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's rumours of Benitez. So if Benitez is available, I mean, he would go. Any, he, He'd been Chelsea, he'd been Newcastle. So I can see him going to Everton or to Arsenal, to be honest. I don't think he still loves Liverpool no matter where he goes. Um, so if he comes back from China, he's available. And then there's loads of Italian. And, you know, th- th- there are managers out there. It's just I want them, the teams now are trying to find that manager before they sack the existing one because I just don't understand otherwise why they haven't done it. Mm.
0: Okay. Um, and I'll come to you on this question um stag just because it's a little bit more relevant and we've kind of touched on it a little bit but um fpl student says sterling or not to sterling so as someone who has sold him um and you did talk about briefly about why you made that decision um and it was kind of financially motivated um but i guess if you're eliminating that aspect from it uh where would you be standing on that decision
1: it was financially motivated in as much as because he wasn't anywhere near justifying his price tag. You know, he's 11 odd million. You're expecting extremely consistent returns, and pretty much outside of those weeks that Mars listed where Gabriel Jesus played, which is this is genuinely terrifying me. I hadn't heard that sound until I was on the podcast tonight. But, <laughs> and
0: Mads was the one to share with you. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm right.
1: genuinely terrified now. But up until up until i had heard that, I was pretty content with my decision because I think I'd seen plenty of stats about how maybe between like game week one and game week three or game week four, he's he basically scored as many points as he did in every other game week combined. So he just really had tailed off. It, I kind of felt like there was better attacking players to bring in. I c- wanted to cover myself with the san transfer, I already have Pulisic in my team and I still was able to get into De Bruyne with that. So I still box off City to some extent and I I think I know a route to actually get him back in if I really need to quickly. So I'm, I'm happy. It.
0: Okay, uh, so we'll, we can all touch on this last question. So it's Julian Dredd, FPL. Looking at the upcoming fixtures, which is the better area of the team to invest money in? Four in defense, five in midfield, or the traditional three up top. Stag, do you want to take this first? What's your preferred?
1: You see, the thing is, is that if you just look at the, the kind of the standard template right now, a lot of people kind of have a, a very mid price three up top. Like we don't have any of the traditional, you know, 12 point something or 11 point something strikers within the badge. So you're kind of wondering if unless let's say Kane really emerges as a template buster, which in fairness, after tonight's Champions League results, that may well be the case. Ed, you're kind of looking at this situation where just because of that, five midfielders becomes the way forward, especially when none of the big defences are kind of returning consistently enough to merit a double up. Say that's not going to happen with City. That's not going to happen with Liverpool right now. So you end up kind of very naturally with, forcing a kind of a three man forward line with four in midfield and a strong fifth option there even because you've got Lundström in defense and a lot of the other budget defenders continuing to return when the premium equivalents aren't. Like you could actually have a very strong team right now with about 85 million and get by just fine. It's yeah. kind of a weird season.
0: And Mars, what, what's your take?
2: I agree with pretty much what, what Stag said um Personally, I prefer a three-five-two or a three-four-three, just because I think there's a lot more points in midfield and forwards. But there's so many options that I don't even know why people are worried about a template. Honestly, it's it's it worries me that people think that much. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It
0: does. <laughs> Well, I hope you sleep tonight, Mars. with all that concern. Oh no, um, it doesn't worry me that. It, it, it,
2: listen, <laughs> it, it worries me when I read it on Twitter and I forget about it. The, Ten seconds later,
0: <laughs> right? So it's it's kind of like brief concern, but
2: not really. It's um, concern for them more than me, to be
0: fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think I think at the moment, um, as as Doug sort of said, uh, most of us do have the the three. Um, strikers we we are using them at the moment because the Vaj is very popular and then we've got some of these other options like Lacazette and and, um, so on in the mix like for myself Uh, and I'm quite happy with that at the moment and then having four strong midfielders and what is actually a a cheap defense but is uh, trying to side but has caused me immeasurable heartache over the last five weeks. I mean, I think I'd be to the tune of 100 points further ahead if I was not actually the one choosing who to bench each week because of the Soyuncu's and Tamori's and Lundstrom and and Rico when Bournemouth suddenly decided that they're like Atletico Madrid or something. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think you don't have to commit overly at the moment and we could see some – some template busters, if you will, coming in. But I think there's enough variety that you should really be just looking at your team and trying to figure out, first and foremost, of all the players in any position, which are the ones that really appeal to you most and try and frame what your team would look like around that um, rather than trying to stick to what everyone else is doing. Obviously, you have to factor in uh, highly owned players to a degree as well. Um, But – there there's plenty of options in particularly in the midfield and and the strikers and, and we're starting to see some potential other options in Spurs in Jesus emerging. So um go with your gut, I guess, is is what I would say there. Uh so we have a couple of uh <clears throat> random questions. Uh not Jeff's random question, that that is to come as well. Um and I apologise in advance, Tom from who got the assist because I don't even understand what I'm about to read out. I'm probably going to read it out incorrectly. Anyway. Um, so this is, uh, this is for you, Stag. Okay. Has the young ball hopper Stag seen any binnows, 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 whatever. Anyway, for players who we should be square pushing, or would it be chalking it down to say we should restrict our sconce to the established me's? Hope the above is me daza. Did
2: that mean
1: something so, to you? So tough. Would you Tom, translate? Tom <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so what what Tom discovered was a list of sayings and slang from my area of Ireland, Cork, uh-huh. and he had kind of um, compiled them into a, a mishmash that <laughs> intrigued <Glabbing. laughs> Yeah, it's alarming. It's alarming. That's exactly what it is. But he's, what he's broadly saying is, uh, should we be looking out for some differentials or sticking to the established, well-known players? That is effectively what the question is.
0: <laughs> In a roundabout way, question. news or Binos? What is that?
1: Uh, it, that's actually one that I am not even familiar with that I've seen on the list. Um, to Tom
0: has made but... it up, has he? No,
1: no. Oh, not list. List. <laughs> well, unless Tom owns this website, which wouldn't get me under.
0: Uh, it absolutely think, could be the case. I would not be surprised.
1: I think it's been news, but I'm not actually not sure. It's a, that was a new one to me. But yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, so there there's our little foray into Cork slang, uh, and then a question from uh, at Hindu Monkey. Firstly. I'll come to you, Mars, on this. Um, Is the Barnes train back on track? And then also, do you think it is acceptable to steal the great ideas of others and pass them off as your own? Asking for a friend.
2: Dramatic much? Yeah, I think I I said, is there a lack of respect there? Yeah. I don't remember the last time we thought Lacos was only for the Hindu monkey and not anybody else's yeah so, I don't
0: recall that I'm in either
2: your, I'm, in, I'm in your camp here you know like
0: mm-hmm. nobody's also, popi- nobody has
2: uh, claimed any ownership for any of the players there's, so,
0: a, there's an important point here Mars as well before you move on to the sec- the other part of the question I did explain to him that, in fact, he should be feeling quite grateful to me for bringing Lacazette in. Most people have no luck with Lacazette. I have had great fortune with the man. I never go a Bamiang. Last year, he got me plenty of points. He hasn't scored a goal since forever, and I'm pretty certain that he scored two goals because I brought him in. So given uh, Phil's luck with Strikers this season, initial Barnes train aside I think that I think that he should be quite happy that we are sharing the points
1: just my thoughts I I feel for Hindu Monkey I, I think he's been <gasps> ripped off here and I think it's grace and just to be contrary yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that just doesn't come naturally you weren't convincing at all there
1: no, no. But in <laughs> fairness, he did come out with the burn strain thing a little bit faster, and there have been a few incidents of viral tweets being stolen or viral ideas like that being stolen and kind of passed off word for word of late by yeah. one well. particular that we've all heard of is the mm. page. And look, what can we say? What can we do? We can do nothing because you can't copyright such things.
2: No, you I can't I think the Barnes train is back, things. by the way. I do think the Barnes train is back. He will uh, just trickle some scores and rattle some defences. Yep.
0: Is it, so. Does it have all its wheels, though?
2: It's kind of pushing, you know? Maybe it's an electric train that's going to run out of uh, battery soon, or a steam train that's going to run out of coal or whatever they run on. That's actually true
0: it's like USB rechargeable train (laughs) so it's like a portable train
1: okay by the way just to um, add to something you said earlier I went and looked it up and you've left about 130 points on the bench over the course of the season which is (laughs) the third highest uh, the bloggers and streamers league fourth highest tally in the bloggers and streamers league of more than 50 people I'm on the first page how many?
2: How many did I leave? How many did I leave? Uh, stag? I know I have how far, from how far
1: down this leaderboard do I have to scroll before I find? Twenty-four,
2: just below you. Don't get too smart, oh, just... young man. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm t- between twenty-four and
1: thirty or something like that. Oh, uh, okay, he might be above me. So uh, you've left ninety-seven on the bench. Ninety-seven. Yeah, yeah but then how many? i so, left twelve, just
2: for. Uh... Yeah, but that's uh, ninety-seven. It's ten, so it's what so. How many game weeks are we in? We have
1: 13. we just four, had yeah.
2: 13. So
1: that's six points a week. It's not that much yeah.
2: when you think about I've, it.
1: I've, I've had a pretty good streak over the last few weeks. I think I'm five weeks in a row where I've left at least a return on the bench. But-
0: yeah. That's kind of like me. I mean, I actually had a good start to the season in that I wasn't leaving points on the bench. Last year I had a horror run of this um, including that 17 pointer from Digne on my bench, which we we don't want to talk about. But uh, the last, other than this week, the the previous four or five weeks, I've had at least two returns on my bench, including the day Suyanchu scored, which is probably never going to happen again. So...
1: A shout out and a bit of credit to FPL families, Sam, who, in spite of the fact that she's beating all of us and she's the only person in that league who's got over the 800-point barrier, she's at 802 points, overall rank of around 12K. But... She has benched 152 points in the process.
0: <laughs> wow. So. And to think she's having, she's doing so well. And if she had actually had yeah. those points, it's crazy. Amazing. Well done, Sam. Beatingly again. Yeah. Um, okay. So we now have our random question from Jeff. So, if you could create a new national holiday, who or what would it celebrate and how would it be celebrated? Coffee and Liverpool are exempt as choices. Mars, come to you first.
2: Oh, why me? Um, right, I can't keep saying shisha, so it has to be something else. Uh, we-, we will have look after your older neighbour day of day. There you go. Look after an elderly person. I'll just go look after Don, to be honest.
0: This is going to make me and my options sound really bad. Um, <laughs> what's your stack? Uh,
1: well, given the day that was in it, I'm sorry to bring the discussion this way, but given that today was the last day to register to vote in the UK ahead of your general election on December 12th, vote, vote, vote. I would make every election day a holiday and it would be just in the, like, I, you know, in for democracy's sake. Yeah, that's how I'm feeling right now.
0: Right, so we've got uh, old neighbours and uh, democracy. Um, so. <laughs> don't, um, don't say, like, I'm, lungs. Guessing,
2: wh- I'm guessing wine. No, yeah, wine. Well,
0: uh, with a twist, because I'm demanding. So, there is, in fact, a National Wine Day It exists. Uh, sometime in May in the US but I do feel this is insufficient so I'm going to pitch and just be really extra and demand uh, wine Wednesday become an official thing so not only is it important to get your wine on Wednesday but now it's a bank holiday because every week you know I just can't get on board with having to to wait another year for this thing to come around you know annual is just not enough so you get wine and a day off. Wine Wednesday
2: every week. No? Yeah, that, that's not happening.
0: <laughs> Why not?
2: Why not? Oh, gosh. you every week? Come
0: on. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's catering to everyone. It's catering to people who want a holiday and people who like wine. You know, Wine Wednesday is a thing, Mars, just because you don't drink wine. Don't deprive <laughs> the rest of us of yeah,
2: it. I'm all down for for mid-week mid weekend, mid weekend or day off or whatever it is. Hmm. Yeah. Well, let's let's move on to our captain picks before this spirals into uh... a. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, all right. So uh, we'll cover off our uh, our game week plans and our captain pick for the week. So what are you thinking, Stack?
1: So the, after doing a bit of research ahead of this podcast, I kind of converted myself slowly but surely towards maybe punting on Pulisic this weekend. His stats are pretty abnormally good. Only Rashford is really besting him in the attacking stakes over the last five weeks. And he has been in pretty good form. I'm not going to hold a blank against Manchester City against him. Um, My plans otherwise were, as noted earlier, I've brought in Son and De Bruyne for Trossard and Raheem Sterling. Trossard was a a punt that I went and took and I was delighted with, but didn't really pay off. So (laughs) here we are. Those are my plans.
0: Okay, and Mars, what are you thinking?
2: So I have two free transfers. <clears throat> Originally, I was thinking of moving on Soy, so I don't keep benching him and get Colin and, and the chief defender. But the defender that I wanted was from Villa, um, Gilbert, or whatever his name is. And he's got four yellows, so I'm going to wait for him to get the fifth yellow in case he decides to get it week, game week 17, and i bring him in just for game week 18. That would really annoy me. Uh, so I'm going to wait. Um, I think I think I, I'm going to sleep on it until literally last minute. So probably be Friday night, Saturday morning. It will be uh, I might bring in Son for De Bruyne, carry on the other transfers, move with that as a short term move and see how I feel. That's what the most likely thing that I'll do unless there's injuries coming up.
0: Okay, Um, and for me, I mean, I've kind of talked about uh, what I'm going to do this week, so no surprise, it is my intention to move Mount on for Pulisic. Um, And while I have, for the last three weeks, captained Vardy and stuck true, and in many ways, it's like, why should I change my mind? I am very tempted, like Eastag, by the idea of captaining uh, Christian Pulisic, against this West Ham side, and specifically that that West Ham keeper. I think there's a lot to be tempted by there. Granted, Everton are, you know, so Vardy still looks uh, a good option. I feel like I don't want to upset him by not captaining him anymore when all my other captain decisions have been so woefully bad, and this is the only thing that seems to be working. So we'll see how it pans out on What's the date.
2: It's a great week. It's a great week for captain options, especially if you have mm-hmm. Marnie as well a lot of, or lot of Abraham. Options, yeah. So basically, it's going to be a 40, 40 game week. Soft forty game week, right? Just, yeah. yeah. Just
0: because... Lucy, Lucy said that actually on Twitter earlier, and it's yeah. so true. I feel like the mm-hmm. actual worst weeks this season have really been those ones where you would think your projected score is going to be quite high
2: because yeah.
0: none of the top teams are playing each other, and it's just really tasty fixtures, and they have been awful.
2: Every time. Yeah, for me at the moment, it's Vardy. I don't think I'm going to change it. I thought about putting Mane. But, uh, just yeah, I think I'm just going to keep it nice and simple. Vardy's playing against Everton. Everton have been absolutely rubbish. So, and he's in form. Might change it. It'll be between him, Mane, or maybe Tammy. But I don't know if I can trust Tammy with the captaincy because he's had similar, easier games at home where he didn't really score. So, might not do that.
0: Yeah. It's tricky. Oh, well, we'll see how it all pans out for us anyway, but uh, that's all we've got time for our tonight's show. So we have been Mars, who you can find at Mars05, Kylie, who you can find at KylieFPL, Don, who isn't here, but you can find him at the Marple Curse, and Anthony, who you can find at FPL Stack. Thanks, as always, for listening and your continued support, and good luck for Game Week 14. Adios, amigos. Brave amigos are we, brother to brother and everyone, a Brave Amigo.